Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter as always at Tony Liebert and Twitter and Instagram or Instagram and TikTok, excuse me, at Tony underscore Liebert. That is L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, we will be reacting to the Gophers 27 to 13 victory over the Michigan State Spartans in week nine. So right off the bat, biggest takeaway from the game, obviously, is former walk-on safety and brother of Gophers star safety, Tyler Newbin, Norman Newbin, who broke onto the scene for 40 carries, 205 yards, and two touchdowns. So the opportunity for this performance came from um, star freshman Darius Taylor to star true freshman Darius Taylor and star redshirt freshman Zach Evans, both missing the game due to injury, opened the door for Sean Tyler to kind of uh, have a big day. But he fumbled on the first offensive play of the game, and he had only one other carry in the rest of the game. So... Jordan Newman, a guy who's kind of uh, played well in the spring games recent years, and he's uh, worked his way into being um, someone on the running back depth chart, obviously. A guy who opened the season probably as RB5 or RB6 was now RB1, and he took the opportunity, ran for it. Like I said, 40 carries for 205 yards and two touchdowns, and he looked like a star running back. Um Obviously, the Gophers have, in recent years, have kind of been, you plug anyone in there, they're going to be successful. But you kind of would think that on the on the uh, surface. But what I found interesting, so I did a little research. Since P.J. Fleck took over in 2017, the Gophers have had eight different players run for 100 yards or more. Um, at the top, Muhammad Ibrahim obviously did it 24 times. Rodney Smith beats. I thought it was interesting. Kai Thomas was third with fifth. Shannon Brooks uh, did it four times. Darius Taylor three times. Bucky Irving three times. Trey Potts three times. Bryce Williams twice. And now Jordan Newbin. But on top of that, only three players have ran for 200-plus yards. Muhammad Ibrahim five times. Rodney Smith one time. And now Jordan Newbin. So, um. It's pretty exclusive club. Those are all running backs that Gophers fans obviously know to be very good players. Um, Trey Potts obviously has had his had his up and downs, but Bryce Williams was steady. All those other guys are um, Gophers fans know those are supreme talents. So it's a pretty exclusive club to be in with the hundred yard rushers under PJ Fleck. So hats off to uh, Jordan Newbin, tremendous performance. Um, just a great story though. Then, um. 2021, he committed the Gophers as a preferred walk-on, and he was listed as safety, and he only held three Division I scholarship offers, all from the FCS level, Dayton, Butler, and Valparaiso. Um, and but like we obviously see all the heartwarming videos online of the walk-ons earning full scholarships, and I don't know for certain if Jordan Newbin's still a walk-on. Uh, I personally believe he is, um, but... I mean, the school isn't required to say which players are on scholarship and who's not. So it could have been 
something quiet under the radar uh, that P.J. Fleck offered him one. Um, but there, there's a chance he played Saturday and he's still paying for his school. Uh, it could be half, you know, it could be any of these things, but nevertheless, a tremendous story. The main reason he switched to running back was um, in that 2021 season when uh, Mo went down game one, uh, Trey Potts went down a few games later, Bryce Williams goes down. That's three top guys. They only had... Bucky Irving and Kai Thomas, because Preston Jellin was a former walk-in as well, who was a running back, but he was hurt. So I think their top four guys preseason all went down, and then they only had those two freshmen. So then Newbin decided to switch to running back, add a little more depth at the end of the year, and it's paid off for him because uh, now he's a very talented player. And, I mean, if he came in in 2021, uh, would have redshirted that season, redshirted the next season – he would be a, a redshirt sophomore this year, so um, he's got a long college career ahead of himself. Obviously, anyone knows with the transfer portal, um, if there's no opportunity with the Gophers, he could move on, but um, great for him. Tremendous performance. Uh, he deserves so much credit. He deserves a scholarship, all this stuff, and uh, came up to play. Next man up mentality. The Gophers running back room is incredibly talented. Sean Tyler will still be a part of this team. I just feel like the Gophers are using him the wrong way. He's not a between the tackles runner, and he's more of an outside guy. They need to use him in the pass game a little bit and not use him the same way they use Taylor Evans and Newbin. They need to do some outside runs with him, some, some of that stuff, get creative using him. And, I mean, Newbin's proved he can slip into that Bryce Williams role that um, he was going to have. And, I mean, so Taylor's going to be the number one guy when he comes back. Um, But, I mean, Newbin and Evans can compete for that number two role right now. John Tyler can kind of be your third down back, your uh, gadget player almost. He, He should be returning kicks, too. That's another thing. I don't know why he doesn't do that. Uh, Quentin Redding's, I think, a good punt returner, but hasn't been very good at returning kicks all year. So they should put Sean Tyler back there, but good problem to have. They have four talented running backs. Um, Fumbling issues are going to keep Sean Tyler off the field, but he'll still get some run this year. Not as much as I would have thought preseason. Um, I would have thought he would have been one of the more impactful transfers on this team, but it it looks like he might have gotten usurped by three guys, but he'll still have a rule on this team, I think. And uh second biggest storyline, I think, was Ethan's performance, personally. Um, he threw for 200 yards for, uh, for the first time this season, 200 on the dot, and only the second time of, in his career he uh, usurped 200 yards. Um, he was 14 of 22, 200 yards passing, one touchdown. He had three rushing first downs. He had negative yardage uh, based on sacks, which is a dumb rule. But he, he was pretty good running the ball. and um. It was arguably his second-best game since that Wisconsin game, or his best game since the Wisconsin game, but second-best game of his career. Uh, he did have two turnovers, one of them early in the game on that fumble, and then one of them on that interception. But he really only had two major mistakes, and I thought he played really well. He had his highest-graded PFF performance, which was interesting. Uh, let me double-check what the number was on that. But... um. 
Yeah, he it was 82.9, which is a career high, which I found interesting. Yeah. That was higher than the Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. I think anyone would have watched the Wisconsin game would have thought he played better in that game. But that kind of tells you that he really only had those two negative plays because they graded on a play-by-play basis. And if you only have two bad plays, your overall grade's good. If you only get two questions wrong on a test, your overall grade is good. It doesn't matter how poorly you answer those questions. It just matters it's good or bad. And that's what makes the PFF grading system interesting because it's not always a linear thing, just like how quarterback development's not always a linear thing. Um, and it's not always if he played well against Wisconsin, he was going to play like that all this year. I, I might have gotten carried away a little bit. I think a lot of Gophers fans do. Sometimes you do with the quarterback position because it was the shiny new toy and everyone got so excited. They're like, there's all these possibilities. And as, as the Gophers offense has struggled, um, they're getting better. And honestly, this game kind of tells me that. The first two plays drives were atrocious. They couldn't have went worse. The defense stepped up, held down on those two drives, and they played great the whole game. And the offense responded. They leaned on Jordan Newman. They realized he was a really good player. And Ethan started to settle in, and he found Daniel Jackson, who, to my third point, had one of his best games in his collegiate career. He had uh, seven catches for a career high of 120 yards and one touchdown. His 90.0 PFF grade was the highest of his career as well. So PFF would say that Daniel Jackson had his best game in a Gophers uniform and Ethan had his best game in a Gophers uniform. So that's a good offensive day. Yeah. Um, I, I Jackson, I think the past few games, he's shown that he's true number one. Um, Gophers just need to keep getting him the ball. He has the talent of a number one receiver on just about any team in the country outside of maybe Ohio State and Washington and maybe LSU. Um, He's a very good wide receiver. Obviously, there are guys better than him that I that were on other teams, but you get what I mean, that he's could compete for number one role on those other teams. But he looked very good in this game. He's looked very good all season. He's an NFL talent. And he's starting to really find his groove, something that is going to be very valuable for this team as they scratch and claw to get into the Big Ten West uh, race to win the Big Ten West. And that's going to be what unlocks this offense to new heights and what's, what takes them to another level. Um, the talents are always been there with Daniel Jackson. He's battled a few injuries, but it's really starting to uh, – Coming to his own, and he looks like a supreme talent and uh, the next great receiver for the Gophers. And uh, to my fourth point of the game, Cody Lindenberg makes his season debut. Uh, past few weeks, a lot of Gophers fans have been talking about this. Obviously, they're like, Oh, are they going to redshirt him? What, what happened? Um, fourth year linebacker had a lot of high hopes preseason. People were like, He's going to fill in that Mariano, sorry, Marn role. These guys. Played a lot last season. He's made a couple starts in his Gophers career. People are like, he's, he's going to be our next man in the middle on the defense. And an early season leg injury held him out of all seven of the Gophers for seven games. And he finally made his debut Saturday. He played 39 snaps. He made two tackles. It looked like he had to shake off a little bit of a of uh, rust, to be honest. He had a 56.5 PFF grade, but... Um, kind of how Daniel Jackson and Ethan are kind of finding their connection. 
it can only hope, help this Gophers team to get another veteran player on their defense back for uh, the home stretch of the year now with a tough game against Illinois and not an easy game on the road against Purdue. That Ohio State game fighting David versus Goliath um, and that Wisconsin game. All four games that are going to be competitive. And it can only help to get a guy like Lindenberg back on the team. Might take a little bit, but um, I think what's interesting is it clearly affected the linebacking room snap-wise. Maverick Baranowski, redshirt freshman who had has been playing really well given the circumstances this year, took the biggest hit in his snap count. He only played 16 snaps, which was uh, the lowest of the season for him by far. So it might take a little for Lindenberg to get back into his 2022 form. But probably all four of those guys see some run. Um, if I had to guess, it'll be Lindenberg and Devin Williams starting and then kind of that third linebacker role in special packages. They'll kind of rotate Ryan Seelig and Maverick Baranowski. But uh, if Maverick keeps playing very well, I think he could kind of get that third role locked down because uh, Seelig uh, doesn't have the college eligibility that Maverick does. So the Gophers uh, gain more in the future to develop a player like Maverick. So um, overall, though, great to get him back. Only can help, clearly. Um, might take a little for him to get back to his form, but great to have him back in the fold. So um, overall, there was a lot to like in this game. It, it clearly was gross, um, and I kind of expected it to be. It was a big letdown spot. Um, it kind of talked about that last week in my preview. I didn't expect this game to be pretty. It certainly wasn't. Uh, starting those first two turnovers, but then you held them to two field goals, and you really dominated them offense versus their defense. It was just the turnovers that were kept them in the game. And Ethan looked good. Um, didn't look great, but he looked better. And sometimes that's all you need. And I think that was a big win. Um, the running game looked solid. Revan Spanford made his first big play in a while. Daniel Jackson starting to roll. Uh, the offensive line starting to play really solid. Uh, Greg Johnson made his first career start for Tyler Cooper, um, who, who was out. He looked great. True freshman offensive lineman starting, though. That is that is something else. Um, that, That's a great uh, thing for this team, great future. They just have so many good young players, and that's why you got to – Seeing a game like this makes me so much more optimistic for the rest of this year and going into next year. Um, and it, it makes me optimistic that the quarterback position is going to continue to improve. That's obviously going to be a very big talking point the rest of this year and even heading into next year. Um, but And then the defense side of the ball, they played tremendous. Tyler Newbin's playing like an All-American. Defensive line, Chris Collins, a guy who I really didn't expect to have that big of a impact on this defense this year is looking really solid. Um, just wanted to shout him out. Danny Strigout, clearly still one of the best edge defenders in the conference. Tyler Baugh um, playing very well. Devin Eastern starting to come into his own a little bit too. And then the, we talked about the linebacking core. And then the secondary, Justin Wally and Trayvon Jones. Trayvon Jones let up that one big play. Um, but they're still playing pretty well. Like This is a team that's going to be competitive against Illinois, Wisconsin, and Purdue. They can win all three of those games. They'll probably be favored in all three. They're about a three-point favorite this week against Illinois. And we'll get into that a little more in the preview show, obviously, but um, everything's in front of them. Ohio State is not invincible. 
Um, Michigan was not invincible. They played atrocious against Michigan, but um, it's really hard to beat Ohio State on the road in Ohio State. But if this team plays their perfect game, if Ethan uh, only gets better throwing the football, you just saw Ohio State struggle with Wisconsin. That was on the road, albeit a little uh, letdown spot for them coming off the Penn State game, but that, w- that would have been two weeks ago. And then they had a bye. And then Wisconsin, did they play in between that? I don't think Ohio State played in between that. But um, that's not significant. And, yeah, it's just the Big Ten West possibility. Like like I said, all, all we need is Iowa to lose a game. And speaking of Iowa, wanted to touch on this. They let go Ryan Ferentz. Ferentz, not Ferentz. Any Iowa fan listening to this thought. Uh, Probably no Iowa fans listen to this, but Ryan Ferentz, that's his name. Um, Their notorious offensive coordinator will finish the season, but this will be his last season in Iowa City. And that's very significant for the Big Ten, very significant for the Big Ten West this year, I think. Um, That's a very odd dynamic for the rest of the year, having a guy call plays that they already know he's not going to be here next year. Uh, he's getting fired at the end of the year. Having a guy work at a job when you know he's going to get fired shortly is very odd. But um, So that makes an interesting dynamic for them. And they have a lot of games that are losable. Uh, Nebraska's looking really good, and they have still have to go to Nebraska. And let's check out their schedule real quick. Um, But what I'm saying is the Big Ten West is wide open. I would honestly would be shocked if Iowa wins out. They just got too many problems. You can't say your offensive coordinator is leaving at the end of the year and still win all your games. I mean, they played Northwestern at Wrigley Field this week, and honestly, I have a feeling that game is going to be kind of close. Northwestern's playing good football. They just beat Maryland. That loss the Gophers had to them is honestly looking better. They're two two games away from a bowl game. Um, then they got Rutgers at home. Going to be a rock fight in that game. They got Illinois at home. Going to be a rock fight in that game. And then Nebraska on the road. I would favor Nebraska in that game. I think the betting lines might as well, um, depending if they get their tight ends back. Well, Eric All's out for the year. Luke Lachey, I forget what his injury is. But um, basically what I'm saying is none of those games are gimmies, a lot like the Gophers. So um, Nebraska's even a team, I think, is <laughs> Which is crazy, but you got to look out for them in the Big Ten West race. They have the same record as the Gophers right now. I believe, or at least they do in the Big Ten. They have one more conference or conference loss. I, I think, no, they have five wins. Um, yeah, they have the same record as the Gophers right now. So, technically, right now, it's a four-way tie in first, but Iowa has one more overall win, so I don't no, exactly. I don't think that does anything for their um, Big Ten. Yeah, that doesn't do anything for the Big Ten West race. But so Minnesota beat Iowa. Iowa beat Wisconsin. Minnesota beat Nebraska. So Minnesota sitting in a very good spot right now because they have tiebreaker over Nebraska and Iowa. And they play Wisconsin at the end of the year. So if they just win, who's beat who's in front of them, they're sitting pretty. And that basically what I'm saying though is the Brian Ferentz th- Ferentz thing isn't going to help Iowa that right now. It'll help them next year, but 
that might hurt them. Right? Wow. Odd dynamic in the locker room, odd dynamic in practice. Kind of sends a message to your team that you're not focused on this year. When they still have a lot to play for, they could still go 10 and 2, make the Big Ten championship game, lose that. Let's say they, they go 10 and 3, win their bowl game. An 11 and 3 season is still possible for Iowa. And it's still possible for the Gophers, which is crazy to think. But um, I'm not getting too ahead of myself, not counting Ohio State as a win, but it's still possible. So all I'm saying, a lot to be opti- optimistic heading in this game. Uh, this week against Illinois, there was a lot to like against the Michigan State game. Uh, that was honestly about the highest my expectations could have been for that game. Um, That about fit realistically like best case scenario for the Gophers, I think. A gross win where there was a lot to like. So um, I I think you you just got to stack these wins, especially at this part of the year. Um, Stack a win against Illinois this week. Stack a win against Purdue the following week. Talk about Ohio State when we're talking about Ohio State and talk about Wisconsin when we're talking about Wisconsin. Those games will be a lot bigger if you stack a win these two weeks. If if they're seven and three heading into the last two games of the year, that that is an ideal situation for any Gophers fans preseason. So um, I think it's a great time to be a Gophers fan. And that Iowa game, like I said, it, it opened the door for the whole year, and we're kind of seeing that right now. So um, good game this week against or last week against Michigan State. Now it is Monday. Um, solid performance, a lot to like. Um, and I think we'll wrap it up there. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. Kind of doing short episodes now. Might try to add a few more interviews here as we get towards the end of the season and into the offseason. And the offseason will definitely have a lot more interviews. But um, I appreciate you all for listening. Row the boat, Skyuma, and go, go first. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.